Welcome to the Brave Way Podcast. I'm your host, Lavelle Miller. Today's pod is going to be over Jonathan Ivey's Cage Fighting Championships 9, the return, Baker versus Bonilla. Um, this was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It happened March 6th. And for you guys that don't know this, uh, CFC is a promotion that is right now just in Middle Tennessee. Um, I also fought on this card. So some of the uh, I know all the results of the card, but some of the uh, deeper things in regards to how the fight looked and giving an explanation, I will not have for you. But I will give you as much as I do know. So, thank you for checking out the pod, and let's get to it. Like I said in the intro, um, I'll be covering CFC 9, The Return, Baker vs. Vanilla. Um, and this that contest was for the interim lightweight championship uh, due to the current champion, Jaime Vasquez, having to pull out um, due to an in- injury he sustained um, during the course of training. So what I will do is, of course, people come, they want to know uh, what happened at the top of the car, and then I'll be trickling down um, into... Uh, the prelims, uh, so to speak. <clears throat> so, uh, Jason Becker versus Adonis Bonilla was a very uh, fast-paced fight for as long as it lasted. Uh, Adonis came out there uh, looking very sharp uh, with his striking and put a pressure on uh, Jason that I don't think he was expecting to really see. Um and it ended up with uh, uh, Adonis uh, getting another highlight reel head kick uh, knockout, which was um, bad to see. You know, you don't ever want to see people get uh, take shots like that, but that is the business that we're in. Uh, Adonis had was setting him up for it. It seemed like getting him to uh, to get Jason to keep circling to uh, Adonis's power side uh, by uh, hitting him with. With fakes and strong side, uh, strikes from the opposite side. Good switch stance fighter. And uh, like I said, he when he got him pressed up against the cage, not letting Jason really get any avenues to escape. And when he thought he had one, um, there landed a flush uh, left high kick and got him out of there. Uh, afterwards, of course, uh, Donis requested Hami came into the cage. Hami was in attendance. Um and that looks like that will probably be the main event coming on this summer uh, for CFC 10. When it comes, so uh, that was more or less it with that fight. Um, I mean, there's not really much to say. It was really high action pace put on from the start, and uh, Benilla looked like he was shot out of a cannon. All right, next. For uh, this fight card as well, to let you guys know, had four title fights on it. Um, this next contest, uh, Chase McGuilla versus Sage Mullins for the super heavyweight uh, title. Uh, it ended uh, with Chase uh, Chase McMullen, uh with a second round uh, knockout 
of Sage Mullins, but that does not really tell the story of the fight and how it actually played out. Uh, Sage was looking really good, uh, really fast with his hands, really good with his movement, being able to avoid a lot of the shots that Chase was throwing at him, and even had some success uh, in clinches, able to get him taken down. The difficult thing is he was not able to keep him down on the ground for long stretches of time to really uh, get Chase tired um, and having to carry that weight. And it was up until the second round when he got caught uh, with the uppercut. Uh, well, from the angle I was standing at, it looked like an uppercut um, that, got, that got Sage out of there. Uh, mainly, uh, Chase said he was he was looking at it. And he was gauging a lot of his timing at the uh, end of the first round and start off with the second. Chase was able. I mean, Sage was able to realize he had a lot of success shooting in on the leg of us uh, Chase and being able to get the double, even though when Chase was sprawl, sprawl right away, be able to turn the corner. And get his butt, uh, his butt to the mat, and then try to build his way up to uh, to gain control of Chase there. And I think what ended up happening, based off of my perception, the last shot that Sage took, he took from too far away, and didn't set it up with his hands as well as he was doing the other one. And so Chase knew the shot was coming, and then he was able to connect and win. But, uh. It was a great effort by Sage, high action fight, something that is a very uh, a big key to this fight as well. Um, I fought Chase before. When I fought Chase, Chase weighed in, um, I believe, in like the two fifties, like low two fifties, uh, and I believe, and he's fought for the heavyweight title twice because that's how much he he's weighed at. When he fought Jeremiah Hill, I don't know how much he weighed in for that contest the last time he defended his super heavyweight title. Uh, but at the weigh-ins, he was at 297. I'm thinking that that, that weight difference, I'm, I'm sure of it, was a shock to... Um, to Sage to hear it. Not necessarily that it bothered him and it affected his game plan or anything that he was going to do, but I'm sure that was a shock to his team to hear it because Chase was normally a lighter guy. And I believe that, of course, everything is a lot different. If he's a lot lighter, maybe Chase is able to evade more of the takedowns. Maybe he's able to um, sprawl and maybe he wants to stay underground a little bit more. Maybe it's a combination of all that. But I believe if he was lighter, Chase shooting it on these double legs and getting him down, he's going to be able to hold him hold him there for longer periods of time and be able to gain and control damage. Uh, and then also previously Sage was the heavier one weighing in for his fights. Um, so it's essentially has flipped in regards to the weight. Uh, Sage has said before uh, he's looking to, you know, maybe when he turns pro or maybe he'll end up having amateur fights at this, at this weight to get down to compete at two Oh five. Um, but I found that very interesting is seeing in the weigh-ins because like I said, Sage was, head movement was good, hand speed was good, um, 
and he he rocked Chase a couple times with a couple good combinations that had him back on his heels. So it could have been just one guy caught first and the other guy, but it was a great contest overall. After that fight, we had Alexander Shank versus Dallas Manspile. Um, Alexander Shank uh, won this fight by unanimous decision. Uh, it was not. Uh, there was uh, Dallas had a couple of moments, um, being able to like sweep positions and things like that, but it was essentially all uh, Shank from the start. Uh, Shank has. Or had because uh, what I'm going to say at the very end of this, Shane had one of the best overall stand-up games in the CFC based off of his karate background, and I've seen him hit some of his other fights and stuff, and he freezes a lot of guys, uh, which is with his overall speed and movement, it's something a lot of these guys in amateur level are not used to seeing somebody who's coming in from a traditional martial arts background and then adding the well-roundedness to this. And then, of course, a lot of people don't know that Alexander also wrestled um, in high school as well. So not only does he have the striking, he has the overall wrestling if he needed to to lean on it as well. Something that I do like that I've noticed from his game, actually back to when he had his first loss against Hami, is he's no longer starting off as slow as he was starting at first. Uh, that's what I believe cost him when he fought Hami, is he gave Hami that first round, won the second, and then he was able to be taken down and controlled in the third. Now Alexander is deciding he's going to make sure he controls his own destiny by putting the pressure and pace on somebody from start to start to finish and you could see Dallas was very confused about a lot of the things, didn't know when to enter, didn't know anything because when he he entered in wrong, he was countered. Uh and when he didn't counter and he stayed he tried to stay out of range, Alexander was able to throw a lot of flashy kicks that made Dallas also stay back. Something else that's worth of note too is uh, Alex has learned enough as it stands right now. He does have a guillotine finish in the CFC. So he does know he does have submission uh, knowledge and he can apply it. A uh, good thing that I've noticed, once again, from the time he fought Hami uh, to fighting uh, Dallas, is the people who have thought they've gotten Alexander in compromising positions on the ground, Alexander has used his legs. Um, use butterfly hooks, use the correct overhooks um, to control that person's posture and be able to get right back on the feet to where he needs to be. Uh, not panicking, being in those positions, being very comfortable in those positions, um, do well. And like I said, the reason why I said earlier is he had some of the best stand-up in the CFC. Is He said that this is the last time we will see him competing in the CFC. What does that mean? This means that... Alexander more than likely is turning pro. Currently, the CFC only has uh, amateur fighters. So, um, the sky's the limit uh, for Alexander um, in regards to what he can do because he has a diverse skill set. And um, I can already tell he will have, he will give a lot of uh, pros problems uh, coming in there. 
coming up through the ranks. Um, and it also helps that he has a uh, UFC uh, veteran on this uh, uh, as one of his head coaches, uh, Jacob Kilburn, to help him with the transition into turning pro. Next, we had the first ever uh, women's fight. No, I'm sorry, not women's fight. Women's championship fight with Abani, Abana Ordonia, which is, I'm sure, screwed up her name, versus Sabrina Stover. Uh, Sabrina Stover was able to win uh, first round uh, TKO. I do believe this was, um, this fight happened right after my fight. Uh, so, some of that stuff was lost in translation. But, uh, so it might have been first or second round. But ideally, it was uh, Sabrina being able to make uh, Ordonia a little bit uncomfortable. Um, they had fought before years ago, and uh, Sabrina had won uh, via split decision. Um, and Ordonia was supposed to have um, believed to have a better uh, grappling uh, base uh, for this contest. Uh, Sabrina was able to, sorry about that, octave change is probably right there. Sabrina was able to, um, control the fight as, as where, everywhere it was supposed to be able to go. And it was able to get to a position to show that she was not scared to be on the ground. It was able to get the, uh, the TKO, uh, with her ground and pound. Next we have myself versus Tim Johnson. Uh, I won... In, uh, in the first round uh, via TKO uh, from ground and pound. Uh, this is obviously, this is not the, uh, as being honest, it's not the most flashiest fight. Uh, went in there, uh, went in there, uh, did a first jab, initiated clinch. Clinch had broke. Uh, then I knew Tim's habits uh, about to get ready to throw overhand. Um, prepared for it, duck under the, over the, uh, the overhand. I locked up the body lock, uh, turned the angle. Uh, we got to the ground, and then I was able to get the TKO victory, my first uh, victory uh, in mixed martial arts competition. Uh, uh, so, but, and then this next fight, George Peratt versus Zach Lozano. Didn't get to see that fight because I was warming up for my own fight as well, but uh, George Peratt won uh, third round uh, TKO. Uh, from what I was able to hear about the fight um, and everything else involved <clears throat> is that George had put on a a very good uh, striking display um, and was able to hurt Zach multiple times until he was able to uh, get him out there in the third round. Ryan Driscoll fought Claude Manu and Claude Manu's uh, debut in Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, it ended in the first round uh, TKO in, uh, due to injury. Uh, hope Ryan Driscoll's all right. Uh, when uh, Claude was uh, trying to press him up against Case going for a body lock, it looked like uh, Ryan's uh, right leg had gave out from under him and, uh, you know, just hope and pray there's no significant damage done to his knee. <clears throat> um, 
up until that point, the fight was kind of going a little bit back and forth um, in regards of clinching and um, some strikes. But um, I'll pray for speed recovery for Ryan Driscoll. Um, you know, it's a good thing Claw got his first win in amateur MMA, but I'm sure he wanted it to be uh, not that way. He didn't want to win based off of uh, somebody getting uh, seriously injured uh, based off of a, not going to say it's a fluke, um, the takedown thing, but, um, yeah, you want to, you want to win because you, you know, you were doing something with your hands or you blocked in a submission, not because of an awkward movement or something like that. <clears throat> uh, also <clears throat> next fight, Jason Longoria versus Alejandro Maganera. Uh, Jason Longoria won via first round rear naked choke. Um, it was a uh, high action pace fight, um, uh, regards of the hands. Um, this is I had heard mixed things about this, uh, because I was also in the back during this time frame, uh, getting my hands wrapped and checked, uh, due to my upcoming bout. And it says, from what I've heard, like I said, it's mixed different things. Alejandro was doing pretty well, and then he slipped. And then once he slipped, Jason got on top. Um, uh, Jason trains with me um, at the academy, and he was able to control um, Alejandro on the ground uh, and then with some strikes, and then was able to mat return him while Alejandro got back up and then was able to lock in a rear naked choke. And then get the win uh, that way. That was also Jason's debut um, into mixed martial arts as well. Martial arts competition, rather. Uh, another fight I didn't get to see because I get my hands wrapped. Daniel Wheeler versus uh, Keiston McLean. Keiston McLean wins first round uh, armbar. Um, from what I heard. From Kingston, because he was in uh, the same corner as I was. Uh, Daniel Widow was able to get the takedown. Um, he got back up and was able to get taken down again. And then he was able to set up, up the armbar, got the armbar, got the tap. Um, and I'll say this now, and then I'll mix it in with everything else, too. <clears throat> uh, I do not know this, but I believe that they may be doing a post-fight show uh, of this maybe a little bit later this week. Or if not, <clears throat> that could give you a little bit more details on how some of these events are coming out and possible some other matchups as well. <clears throat> so keep that in mind. Um, based off of my feedback and things like that, other people obviously going to have different interpretations of how these events went down. <clears throat> Sorry about that, you guys. I got need to get some water in my life. It seems like uh, more of it, at least. And then this fight here, uh, David Deadman versus Elijah Hill, super heavyweight contest. Both of these guys uh, entrance introduction into mixed martial arts. Um, uh, David Deadman ended up winning by split decision. Um, both of these guys had different moments in the fight. 
Uh, it looked very well. Uh, I personally thought Elijah had did enough to win the contest uh, based off of the first and second round. The third round, he did get hurt um, by some things that um, David, Dave, David was doing to him. But as I believe it's the, um, I guess I don't know, really know how you uh, go with evading or things like that. Um, there was a, a very noticeable size difference, not only in weight, but just height in these two competitors. So Elijah was doing a good thing of staying on the outside, moving in, engaging when he needed to, and then moving back out, forcing the bigger man to move and, uh, carry a lot of his weight, things like that. But it seemed like every time, uh, David touched Elijah, there was either a bigger reaction from Elijah uh, grimace wise or he circled out further from range and then moved back in so I don't know if that's what influenced the judges to to sway towards uh, David because I do believe the the first round is, um, to me the first round was very obvious that it went to Elijah the second round <clears throat> I also thought went to Elijah and the third round I gave to David, um, but I can see where some judges would lean towards David in that um, in that second round. But both those uh, guys have uh, futures. Uh, I can see in the CFC. Uh, I know Elijah is a younger prospect than David uh, getting into his martial arts journey. So depends on how long these guys uh, plan on staying around. So, with that being said, um, I do believe uh, they're, they're already planning for a summer return. Uh, I expect Adonis to be on that card. Uh, if they could find Sabrina has beaten all the CFC women that she's faced so far. So, if they could find her, I'm sure she probably wants to stay busy. If they can find her opponent, um, I know she'll probably be on there. I know uh, uh, Cladu, um wants to probably get another 185 or 205 um, to get an actual full fight in there to see what's going on there. But like I said, you got the young prospects. Um, I want to see what Elijah Hill does to a competitor that's closer to his height-wise, not necessarily weight-wise, because he did well against a guy that outweighed him by like 70 pounds. But how well he does with um, somebody his height um, in regards of his movement and stuff. Cause like he did look like he had the good cardio and everything to boot as well. Um, and then the thing that is very interesting is I don't know um, the Harris Holt gym. Um, they have, the 135, 145, and 155 pound champions. So uh, a person like George Peratt with another good win, uh, what does he do? Um, but if Alexander does decide to leave the CFC, um, I'm sure George could make that cut to 45 if he so chose to and be able to contend uh, for that title. Because obviously I don't think the teammates are going to fight themselves. And actually, to be honest, they have the 170 pound champion as well. So they are controlling 
uh, middle of the CFC as it stands right now. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and I just throw this out here for myself. Uh, I did make a post about it, but just in case you didn't see it or whatever, um, I will be stepping away from the game uh, for a, a um, <clears throat> hopefully it's not a significant portion of time uh, due to some uh, um, some scary health concerns that I do have to get taken care of. Uh, and the good, the best thing about uh, preparing for this fight is getting notified of these issues that I need to get taken care of. Obviously, uh, I'm not a small guy uh, either, but it seems like the uh, the issues that I really have to take care of, surprisingly, um, from what I'm learning from my doctors, is some of it, of course, is lifestyle changes. Obviously, me being lighter would help some of the problems that I have, but uh, uh, some of the issues um, are not weight related. And so I'm having to I'm gonna have to go through a series of tests and uh, different treatments and things like that to try to get these uh, issues taken care of. So I won't be competing at all in martial arts or um, uh, grappling events or anything for an extended period of time. So uh, you know, just thank everybody uh, for their prayers. Everything gets taken care of, uh, and then hopefully uh, I can get these issues resolved and return uh, sooner than later. But uh, you know, my health is more important. So, um, yeah, I, I'll still be training. So you ain't got to worry about that. So if I ended up coming out competing, it's not like I'm gonna be fresh off the boat. Uh, I'll still be doing all my training and things like that. I just. Um, can't in the right mind um, do extra exertion on my body and preparation like I would, like I was doing for a fight camp or a, a grappling competition um, uh, while I got these things going on and these are also possible treatments and don't know how I react to them. So anyway, hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, this Um not much really else to say here. Um, <laughs> they, I'm sure whenever they get closer to the date for CFC 10, I'm sure they'll announce it uh, for you guys that just also throw this out here for a guess too. The heavyweight title is currently vacant for the CFC. The light heavyweight and the middleweight title is also vacant in the CFC. So, um, and then possibly... The featherweight one will be vacant, but I don't believe that one will be vacant for long. So, guys, thank you for checking out the pod. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, share this around. This is how you become legendary and greatness is earned.